It's the Bougie Podcast. Proudly sponsored by Cimarron Golf Club. What is going on, Pooch? Happy draft day. It is Thursday morning, and we are only hours away from the king of Duval being drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. We cannot wait for Trevor Lawrence to be a part of Jacksonville and a part of Duval Nation and everything that comes with it. I know Jags Twitter has already done their part in making him feel home here, but more draft talk is right now. We did our live stream last week. We did a quick draft preview earlier this week. But now I have a uh, friend of the podcast on to talk a little bit more about what to expect from this year's draft. So I want to welcome him on. You've seen him before episode 64. Brett Martineau, thank you for being here. I know this is crazy times for you. How have things been going? Uh, it's pretty awesome, man. I mean, listen, what we've been talking, I think 122 days since the Jaguars got the number one overall pick. They clinched it with the Jets win over Cleveland. So since then, we've been anticipating this moment that's going to happen later tonight uh, in Jacksonville and across the NFL. And then, of course, the nine other picks. So there's so much more to it. This one seems to be a foregone conclusion, but I think it's a really cool day. You cannot uh, overstate the importance of this day in Jacksonville for the Jaguars franchise. And unlike any moment that they've ever had in more than 25 years of existence, and it might be the only time they have a moment like this for the next 25, 50 years, hopefully because you don't want to be one in 15, but you just don't know if a guy like this is going to come along when you do have the number one pick. That's the other part of the equation. You know, I was talking about that a lot with my friends on previous podcasts, and we've said, and you said it previously too, it finally feels like the Jaguars got lucky, and we saw our divisional rivals, the Colts, get the first overall pick. The year they lost Peyton Manning, they go through one bad year, and then they end up getting Andrew Luck, and all of us in Jacksonville, time and time again, we needed something to break for us like that, and we finally have it. You mentioned hopefully the next 15, 20 years that quarterback position is solidified and that we won't be in this position again. Uh, It's obvious Trevor Lawrence, number one, there's no question about it. But I do want to ask you, outside of the quarterback position, when you look at the other positions in this draft, maybe specifically positions of need for the Jaguars, does this have to be one of the deepest classes at impact positions as far as wide receiver, defensive back go, offensive lineman and so on? Yeah, I, well, it's not a defensive line, and that's a problem because the Jaguars need some help there. I, I I think it is deep at wide receiver, but I'm starting to think that every draft is deep at wide receiver now because mm-hmm. the nature of that position, we've argued here on our show, that that position might be the greatest position in all of sports now in terms of depth. <laughs> Just There are so many receivers. Take the passing game in high school, take the seven-on-sevens, take the passing game in college, and you have so many receivers now ready to blossom and prepared to play in the NFL, especially with the shift in offense in the NFL to a little bit of that college-style game at times. So I think wide receivers are always going to be there. I think the depth at tackle is interesting because when I looked at tackle and offensive linemen especially, but tackle um, you know, per se, I think that I'm more excited about the top 10 guys, like the Penne Sewells or the Slaters. There's not a lot of those guys, but mm-hmm. there seemingly is a lot of depth from, say, 25th overall pick or 20th overall pick through pick number 45 or 50 or even beyond. So it certainly has that in the offensive line group. I just don't know if I'm super excited about pick number 25 being an offensive lineman because it doesn't feel like a can't miss 
pick. You know, you can certainly run into some risk at that 25 pick if you're taking a, a tackle. I don't think the Jags are going there. But to your point, I think there's a lot of deep positions. Unfortunately, two of the deepest or lack of depth positions that the Jaguars need help at tight end and defensive line. And mm-hmm. the Jaguars could really use a tight end and a defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman. And there's just not a lot there in this draft for the Jaguars. So expect them to utilize 25, 33, or 45 on those two positions. So I just, you, you mentioned interior defensive line. I've, I've heard the name Christian Barmore getting thrown around a lot recently. Um, do you imagine he falls potentially to 25? Or is this a situation that if he's maybe there at 21 or 22, that the Jags likely try and move up to get the number one defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman in the draft? Well, listen, Trent Falky likes to move up and down. And if they really feel good about this kid and they know there's not a lot of depth at the position and they think he's going to go to somebody at 18, 19, 20, I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't know if Barmore, he's not even a slam dunk guy, feels good at 25. I don't know if he's worth giving up draft capital to go to get. Doesn't feel like that guy. You know, when I think of giving up draft capital to go up to 18, 17, I think of somebody who's falling out of the top 10 and I'm going to get a ton of value for. So I don't know if Barmore is that guy. It could be. And maybe the Jags just feel that strong, like, hey, we want that. But doesn't that mm-hmm. seem to fall into a need more than value? And Trent Baalke and Urban Meyer keep talking about value over need, especially mm-hmm. with all the different positions they have that they could use some help at. So I don't know if Barmore is that guy. I like him. I think there's a high ceiling for him. Uh, and I think it's a mystery right now, anywhere after like 18, on who's going to take what. And so mm-hmm. I could see Barmore going as high as a 17 or 18 or 19, but I could see him dropping all the way to the Jags at 33 as well. Yeah, and it's so funny to me how the Jags draft at 25. Um, and and typically, you know, we're in the top 10. We're so used to drafting, you know, best player available at the biggest position of need. That's obviously what we're doing this year. And you talk about, you know, no slam dunks at 25. Well, that's what all those picks are. You know, you get to those playoff teams that are are there late in the first round. They're drafting luxury players. You know, you're, you're drafting the Clyde Edwards Alaires for for the Chiefs just to have fun. You're doing and, and for the Jags, we still have so many positions of need. Yeah, we're drafting 25 by way of a trade, but we do still need to make sure we hit on that pick. It's not a luxury pick as it would be for some teams. But I want to ask you, you know, you, you you look at Trevor Lawrence one, Zach Wilson likely two. Where does the draft begin this year, in your opinion? Uh, that next pick at San Francisco, no doubt about it. And I know Mac Jones, local kid, certainly uh, has been rumored to go there. I, we uh, here on our show have believed it's Trey Lance all along. Uh, we really think this is a Trey Lance situation. And the reason it makes sense in my mind, both for Atlanta and San Francisco, is they've got a guy in place that they're paying a lot of money to. Trey Lance seems like the most green of the quarterbacks. He needs to sit down for a little bit in the NFL, learn the game. That will pay off down the road for Trey Lance is the way I view it. And so that's why Atlanta makes some sense for Trey Lance. That's why uh, San Francisco makes some sense. you got these big money guys that you're probably not going to unload. And so you can still get something out of those guys. Well, this other guy, your future, your franchise comes along kind of like Patrick Mahomes did under Alex Smith. And so I think it makes a lot of sense that it is uh, Trey Lance at number three uh, to San Francisco. It seems to fit. I'm not buying the Mac Jones stuff. Be great for him if it is. And I think Mac Jones is more ready than Trey Lance to go in and play right away. And then if I'm Jimmy G, I'm like, look out, Mac Jones is right on my tail. There'll be some pressure to play Mac Jones if Jimmy G gets off to a rough start next year. So it's a dynamic that's very interesting. 
Kyle Shanahan and San Francisco don't seem to care about the dynamic part. They want to make sure they have the quarterback of the future. I think it's going to be Trey Lance. And you talk about the draft starting at number three with San Francisco. I think it's pretty obvious they're going to take a quarterback. Now the question is, what quarterback is it? And that's a fun conversation to have, of course. But then you get to the Falcons at four. And some people think, okay, the Falcons might not even pick at four. Some people think, okay, they could take Justin Fields, you know, a Georgia grown guy, a a guy that, you know, could sit for a little bit and develop What do you see the Falcons doing at four? Because in my opinion, that's where the draft really begins for me, because I think you look at number three, you know, the top three are going to be quarterbacks. Is this a situation where we have four quarterbacks come off the board to start the draft or are the Falcons going to uh, make a move elsewhere? You know, this is a really good question, uh, and I think I go back and forth on Atlanta. I think it sets up for Atlanta to take a quarterback. Justin Fields makes a lot of sense, hometown kid. Look for new regime in there, right? But they do have probably two more years left of Matt Ryan because of that enormous contract. I got a feeling the right move might be to quarterback for the goodness of the future of the franchise. But I think the right now move, and they're not as far off as some other teams. They're not your typical fourth overall pick. They're probably a better football team than their record has indicated over the last couple of years. We're seeing guys play 37, 38, 39 years old, play good quarterback. Matt Ryan has played pretty good quarterback. What if you added Kyle Pitts to their offense? Uh, I could see them going Kyle Pitts here for sure for Atlanta. In fact, I kind of feel like that's where they're going to go even though I think the prudent move might be going quarterback and planning for the future a year or two down the road. And you talk about the Falcons being a better football team than the record indicates. You look at the 49ers. These are two teams that have been to Super Bowls in the last five years, and here they are drafting three and four in this year's draft. If the core of their team is still there, which a lot of people think it is, whether it's the defensive side of the ball for the 49ers or the offensive side of the ball for the Falcons, this could be a draft that immediately jolts them back into playoff contention if they make the right move here. And, you know, you talk about uh, Trey Lance going three, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. Out of those three quarterbacks, you just mentioned Trey Lance being your third. But between Mac Jones and Justin Fields, where do you have those guys four and five? That's a good call. I, I think Justin Fields, and now listen, I don't believe Trey Lance is the best of that bunch. I, I wouldn't rank Trey Lance higher mm-hmm. than Mac Jones or Justin Fields. I just find it as a fit for San Francisco to be better. But I still believe, I'm a big believer in Justin Fields. It, uh, I'm, I'm not going to waver from that. When the Jags were picking number two early December or late November, I was big on Justin Fields. I know he had a couple subpar games. Also had a really good game against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson. Mm-hmm. So I think Justin Fields is a good player. I think he's going to be very good. I like all of his quarterbacks. I think it's going to be a great quarterback class. I think we are going to compare this quarterback class to 1983, quite frankly. I think that's how good the class is going to be. But I would probably take Fields and then Mac Jones and the ability to move. I want my guy to be a little more mobile right now. And the legs help. Uh, I think you look at Trevor Lawrence. I think you look at Trey Lance. I think you look at Justin Fields. You look at Zach Wilson. They all have that over Mac Jones. Mac Jones is extremely smart. Throws a great deep ball. He's a very good quarterback. He's going to have a lot of success. But for my team, I want the guy that can move right now. And I think uh, I would take Justin Fields ahead of Mac Jones uh, in this situation. And that's just simply where the NFL is trending and how the game has evolved. And, you know, Mac Jones, maybe 10, 15 years ago, would have been a surefire number one, number two pick in the draft. Now he's in a class where we're talking about him maybe being four or five simply based off the game evolving. And, and same with Kyle Trask. I know a lot of people that listen to this are, are Gator fans. And you look at someone like Kyle Trask, he had a great senior season or a great final season at Florida. 
But then he obviously is entering a league that, you know, you need to be more mobile and have a little bit more versatility uh, among your play style. Patriots picking at number 15 uh, this year in the draft. I want to ask you, it's kind of a loaded question. Will there be much movement in the first round of the draft? Do you project play of teams to stay put? Or do you think this is just going to be the wild West with teams wheeling and dealing to get into the top 10 for maybe one of those quarterbacks to slide? Well, I think there's a lot of good players in the top 15. I think after that, I think Tom Pelissero said it from the NFL Network. He said teams don't have first round grades on a lot of those guys that were projecting in the back end of the first round. I think that's interesting because that could cause a lot of teams at 16, 18, 20 to move up and get one of those first round quality guys that they value. Uh, so I think we could see a lot of movement. The Patriots, I would normally say I'm not as high on them moving. We had Sal Palantonio on ESPN 690 last week. And he's like, I don't think they're moving. I mean, look at what he's done in the past. He, he was able to get a sixth-round quarterback. Belichick's not moving. But I thought Austin brought up uh, – Austin Lane, my co-host, brought up a great point uh, when he said that. And that is, this is not your typical offseason for the New England Patriots. They never spend this kind of money in free agency. And look what they just did. So I think they have completely flipped the script in New England. So expect them to move. Expect them to go get a quarterback, not sit around and put their faith in Cam Newton and whoever else is on that roster – this has been an abnormal Bill Belichick Patriots offseason. I think it could continue to be. Patriots probably going to go get their guy. Bill Belichick, he doesn't have that much long. I mean, he's on his deathbed, but I don't believe he's going to coach for another 15 years either. He wants to go make it happen and make it happen soon. Yeah, he uh, he definitely seems like he's trying to win right now as far as being in New England goes. I think that makes sense, too. You, you talk about how much they've done to kind of change the culture there in uh, New England, and, and they've added you know two great tight ends in John U. Smith and Hunter Henry. They've added pieces all over the place, maybe one of the biggest uh, free agency splashes in NFL history when you look back at it, uh, and now they have this opportunity to solidify some of that in the draft. Uh, we talk a lot about offensive players, wide receivers, obviously a trio of wide receivers uh, at the top half of the first round. But I want to ask you defensively, when do you project maybe the first defensive player coming off the board? Are we looking inside the top 10 outside the top 10? Is it going to be a corner? Will it be one of those edge rushers? What are you thinking as far as defense goes? Yeah, that's a good call. Uh, I, I would put my money on the top 10 as long as it includes 10, because Patrick Sertan looks like he's just guaranteed to go to the Cowboys. Mm -hmm. But I think Micah Parsons uh, fills uh, in their quitty pay could, could certainly sneak his way in. I, I think we'll be surprised at a receiver or two slipping. Does Devontae Smith really go top 10 or did the weight concern people? Does Waddle go top 10 or did the injury concern people? I think one or two of those guys are going to slip further than we think. Now, Slater, the offensive tackle, could certainly move into that top 10. That's gained a bunch of momentum recently. But I do think there will be a defensive player. And it could. Uh, the Broncos traded uh, for Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe they don't feel like they're going to get a quarterback. So maybe they go and try to get uh, a def defensive player. And, and that's the first one off the board at number mm -hmm. nine. Either that or maybe somebody just trades into that couple of picks up and goes and gets one of these top guys, whether it is a Sertan, whether it is a Parsons, because they don't want to take the risk at waiting. I think we'll have a defensive player off the board, but probably not till uh, maybe the earliest at Carolina, although with getting rid of Bridgewater, maybe now they're in play for a quarterback. Uh, and, and 8, 9, 10, somewhere in there, I think we'll see a defensive player go. 
Well, it's it's funny. I'm looking at the list right now as far as draft order goes, and it's almost like the top seven picks. You almost can project the players that will be gone just in what order is, is left to be seen. Uh, you get to the Panthers at eight, Broncos at nine. I feel like there's going to be a lot of question marks there as to which direction they want to go. Obviously, the Panthers getting Sam Darnold and then not extending him for his fifth year. So are, are they maybe a sleeper team to look at a quarterback that would potentially fall? And then you also look at Rashawn Slater at number eight as well to the Panthers if they do decide to stick with Sam Darnold. So there's a lot left to be seen, which is exciting. Again, here with Brent Martineau from ESPN 690. Uh, Jax, listen to him three to six on weekdays, ESPN 690 AM in Jacksonville. And Brent, I want to transition to Jacksonville Jaguar football. We've talked a lot about the draft in general, but at that 25th pick in the first round, in what position do you feel or what direction as far as position goes? You touched on it a little bit. Do you think the Jaguars will go? I think I'm putting my money on a big guy, and I don't think it's on the offensive line. I don't think they go that way. So I think they're going defensive line, and they'd like to go Christian Barmore. If Barmore is off the board, I think it does make sense. All these mock drafts that we've seen, Trevon Merrick, he might be the best player available at that time, and it also fulfills a need for the Jaguars. I don't see offensive line. I don't see cornerback. I know people still are in love with that, but I don't see it happening. Uh I think wide receiver is in play here. Kadarius Tony is interesting to me. I do think the Urban Meyer Florida ties come into play here. Urban has always been good with that kind of player. And if he identifies that he can do a lot of things on offense with that kind of player, and he trusts Dan Mullen as well, and he, he really knows Florida's program, and he, he's done his research on Kadarius Tony, who many people think is one of the most explosive players in this draft, I could see it happening at number 25. The question I ask is, will it change your offense? But if all of those positions are on the board, uh, I still think they go big fella, Christian Barmore out of Alabama at 25. And so you go quarterback, defensive lineman, 25, and then you have 33 and 45. And again, we even have 65, the first pick in the third round. So a lot to play with as the Jaguars uh, upper management does have. Uh, after you get past 25, if Travis Etienne is there at 33, do you think there is going to be a chance they draft Travis Etienne at 33? I would say no. I don't think no. there is. I, I think uh, I wouldn't mind it, by the way. I think Etienne could be very good for them at 33 or even, gosh, if he's there at 45. But I think there are too many other positions of need, and you can always get the running back a little bit later. Just look what they did last year. Uh, you can't hit on undrafted rookie free agent like you did with James Robinson, but you can certainly get a third down back, a pass receiving back, uh, a, a change of pace back a little bit later, and they have so many picks. I think safety could be in play here. Tight end really has to come into play soon at 33 or 45. What's the delineation between Friar Muth and Brevin Jordan and these other guys? Wherever they rank that on the board, this is the reach spot. They have to get a tight end. And so if they have to reach a little bit because they don't feel he's going to be available at 45, well, then 33 might be the place they get a guy like Fryermuth. I just don't know how they look at him and how they look at the board and where, where the separation is after Kyle Pitts in the tight end room. But I think you really have to be looking at tight end at 33 or 45 here to be a difference maker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I would lean there before an ETN. Uh, and I still think safety could be in play with Merrick or a Richie Grant. Uh, those are names that we know. There might be somebody else that they love. If they didn't get the defensive tackle, there's not many more to get. You might have to go get somebody else uh, quicker than you wanted to. Uh, so, And edge. Edge rusher is another one. They don't have a lot of depth. So 
somewhere in that 25, 33, 45, they probably have to cross off a couple of spots. And I know they don't want to go need and just all about need, but there is a need-based part of their roster. And it says defensive tackle, edge rusher. Uh, you probably have to go there at some time. Yeah, I'd love to see actually Zaven Collins fall to 33. He's a definitely a top 25 talent. I don't know if they'll draft him at top 25. I think he'd be great uh, as a 3-4 outside rusher. Uh, uh, on the on the edge as a linebacker, outside linebacker. I don't know if that's the biggest position of need for them, but Zavin Collins is an absolute ball hawk. I think he, if he doesn't go 25 to the Jaguars, I project him to go 26 to the Cleveland Browns uh, or, or Christian Barmore. That's what I said during the live stream mock. Christian Barmore, Zavin Collins, anywhere between 24 and 26 uh, in this year's NFL draft. But Brent, I've enjoyed having you here. I know you got a lot going on as far as the draft goes. So thanks for carving out 20 minutes of your time to jump on the Pooji podcast. What do you have going on the rest of the day, draft day? Where are you going to be? What's your schedule look like? Well, I'll be at the stadium most of the day uh, on TV, CBS 47, Fox 30. We'll have our radio show at 3 o'clock on ESPN 690. Uh, Sat down with uh, Shad Khan. So we'll have that. Uh, we'll have Urban Meyer live on our specials tonight at 7 o'clock on CBS 47 and Fox 30. And we're doing something we've never done before, 8 to 10 o'clock, right next to the draft. While you're watching the draft, we understand you'll watch the first pick probably on ESPN or NFL Network. But about 8.15, when Trevor Lawrence is the pick, come on over to Fox 30. We're hanging on for two more hours and talking all Jags while the network guys talk about every other team in the NFL and put down the Jags until pick 25. So we'll have Trevor Lawrence reaction. We'll have players reaction. We talk all about what the Jags will do at number 25 as well. Never done it before. Come check it out. A lot of work going into it. Uh, Eight o'clock, Fox 30, all the way up until 10. So make sure you keep it locked or at least DVR it. uh, I I was just about to say, I'm going to record it. I'm going to be down at the stadium with my girlfriend. We'll be at the draft party having some fun. I figured, hey, I've gone to draft parties in the past where we've taken Luke Jokel and Blake Bortles. We might as well be there for the biggest pick in in Jaguar history outside of Tony Baselli with the first first draft in NFL or franchise history. So we'll be down there. I'll DVR it so I can definitely catch on to that afterwards maybe late night 1 a.m just kind of throw it on after the draft to just keep the excitement rolling but i'm really looking forward to it again brent martineau from espn 690 thank you again for being here and you have a great rest of your draft day all right you too man have fun all right thanks how can i be the man when you're the man how can i be the man when you're the man how can i be the man when you're the man